You're listening to the Slutpreneur Podcast, a place for sluts who like to make money. I'm your host, Anna D, aka the professional goddess. On my show, we embrace the uncensored stories of being a self-made slutpreneur. As a stripper turned CEO, I reveal all my juicy trade secrets and share interviews with other female bosses who capitalize on their entire existence. From breaking stigmas in the female business world to challenging norms in the adult industry, we'll tackle it all in six-inch stilettos, of course. Now it's time to dive deep into the journey of self-empowerment, owning our sexuality, and by each episode, we will earn our PhDs in CE poetry. I'm honored to have you here, and it's my privilege to kickstart the show. Hey guys, welcome back. I'm dog sitting this weekend and I brought my Yeti microphone. I'm sitting at the kitchen table here and I'm so excited to record because I've released a few episodes as the Professional Goddess podcast and a few of you a few of you might be thinking, well, "What the fuck? I thought this was the Slutchpreneur podcast." Well, it will always be the Slutchpreneur podcast. And this episode is going to be all about the art of rebranding. I want to dive into entrepreneurship, but also the unconventional territories in the adult industry as you rebrand. So whether it's a business or an alias, all about changing things as you grow. And this is the perfect episode to do that because we are right in the middle of a rebrand in this industry. It's a great topic to talk about. And I'm so excited because this might open your mind to so many more possibilities, but I want to explore the pros and cons of rebranding in the adult industry. So whether you're in the industry or in the entrepreneurship side, this is going to be very important for all of you. And I love when you have friends that you can share this with as well, because knowledge is power, baby. And I just never want you to have a like grotesque amount of fear to change something because being in the business world, the only thing, I mean, honestly, in life, the only thing promised is change. And it's really about how you adapt to that sort of beast. So let's chat about rebranding and rebranding the Slutrepreneur podcast to the Professional Goddess podcast. I'm curious what your first impressions are because this has been a challenge of mine and I've always been intuition based when it comes to change. And I'd been feeling this itch lately that I just needed to go for it and the time was now. So I always like make my list as to like what I need to do. And then I make another list of like the actionable items I need to do to get there. And I think sometimes we tend to overthink things and get overwhelmed. But I knew in the back of my mind that rebranding the podcast will gain more growth in the podcast world and more accessibility to the masses, which is always a goal of mine. And as I was going through this process, I was like, I really should just make note of what I'm going through because this is such a real thing that some of you may have gone through or will go through in the future as a maybe a content creator. And it's 
it's so much easier than you think. So let's start with some reasons why you may desire to rebrand. And I'm also going to touch on how this relates to my current situation so that you can relate and understand as always. So the first is that you are changing your type of content. Maybe what you're doing no longer brings you joy and you just completely want to go into a different niche or you want to completely just switch up your alias because it no longer fits your type of content. So I feel like first thing that comes to mind is like imagine you have, you know, a YouTube channel and all you do is cooking vlogs or like how to's and like a cooking show. But say you wear like really cute fashion and outfits while you do it. Well, maybe over the years you get more joy from fashion content than cooking content. So, you know, your brand is kind of cooking while being cute, but you want to just transition over to the fashion side of it altogether. So that's like a great example of kind of, you know, your audience still understands your content, but you are just confirming that change perhaps by the name of your channel. This has a lot to do with like changing the names, the domains, all the usernames, that good stuff. So if it no longer brings you joy, that's a huge part of why you'd want to rebrand. If you're just, you know, changing the product and say you have a Shopify store or an e-commerce store and you sell clothing, but you also like selling sex toys. <laughs> this is based on a true story in my life. And say that your um, customer didn't really understand why you were putting sex toys on a clothing shop. So you decided to rebrand and create a whole new store called The Horny Stoner. And that's where you sold your sex toys and your tobacco products. So that little transition not only gave you a whole new empire, but it kind of divided that customer so that you could focus on the clothing store to the clothing customers and you could focus on the novelty products to the novelty customers. But I will say there was a time I had it all under one roof, but it was stressing me out like crazy. When I did email marketing, I had to segment the emails based on who had purchased what in their history. And it became too complex and I just divided the two. So moving on to maybe you've hit a plateau and you want to do something that might bring more traffic and views. This is good for adult entertainers right now because the economy is suffering and majority of us are hitting a plateau because of that, but also because this industry is oversaturated because OnlyFans prove that you can work from home without a degree and be your own boss. So everyone wanted a piece of the pie. And when everyone came to eat, the food got eaten a little too quickly and we weren't left with much of the pie. So perhaps you've hit a plateau. You started doing feet pics. That was generally, that's like the gateway drug, the feet pics. And it's not paying the bills anymore. It's barely paying the bills. So you've hit a plateau and you are wanting to rebrand into a full-time Findom dominatrix. You know what I mean? You want to explore other avenues and, you know, miss... Miss, uh, you know, Julie foot fetish needs to change her name to Julie dominatrix. So that could be another reason. 
The next reason is you took off for an extended period of t- excuse me, an extended period of time and you're wanting to change your name. You just want some you just want to start fresh. You know what I mean? And that's totally okay. What I love about this business is that you can just totally start over and having a blank canvas to me is like one of the most exciting things cuz you are have more freedom to take risks. They're not so calculated. Next is you are transitioning out of an industry. This could be because you're trying to maintain your followers, but you are changing your industry to spicy content or changing from spicy content. So this is, I'm trying to think of where I stand in some of these reasons and changing the name of the podcast isn't because I'm transitioning out of the industry, but I'm... I don't want to give you all the tea, but I'm I'm changing it because I want to be more accepted in a bigger industry so we can reach more people, if that makes sense. But let's get back to this little excerpt of getting out of the spicy industry and changing your alias to something more peachy or say you were someone that did more PG content and you're just, you know, you're wanting to jump into the industry. I mean, you don't you don't always have to change it completely. You can just have another one. Like you can have two aliases. Like I literally, I don't even know how to introduce myself anymore because my name's Anna D, but on Instagram, I'm Miss Mothership. On TikTok, I'm Rebecca Blue. On the podcast, I'm the professional goddess. Like there, I have so many facets of my personality, but they all fit into a different side hustle. So yes, I could do it all under one roof, but I like to kind of categorize what I'm doing to fit my audience. Now, the last reason could be because you got doxxed, and this is the most unfortunate reason of them all, but you're trying to stay in the industry and can't use the same alias. Maybe some of your stuff got leaked and you're having trouble getting it removed. Maybe you no longer want to be a creator that shows your face and you want to be an anonymous creator. So you're starting over for that reason. But these are all very valid reasons. Now, the last one that I don't have on this list and is probably the biggest reason why we're changing the name of the podcast is because the word slut is a censored word. As much as we empower that word over here and as much as you my listeners will always be my slutpreneurs, and I think it's like the coolest name because I I fucking made it up in my brain. It wasn't taken, and I was able to get every domain, every .com, every username, and I thought it was so genius. The biggest red flag was when I was on the phone with support of you know anything like Shopify or podcast stuff. Or if I was telling someone about the podcast, the first thing, their first impression was, how do you spell it? It is a really difficult word to spell if you don't know how to spell. Even entrepreneur is a hard word to spell. So slutpreneur, even though it rolls off my tongue, other people's, it it doesn't. So it's just not easy. And with a brand name, like to me, slut and entrepreneur encompasses the show, but Saying it, it it wasn't, it was bringing up too much of a question mark to people who didn't know. And a good example is my knife shop, Blades for Babes. 
the name tells you exactly what it is. It is knives or knives, <laughs> knives and defense items for bad bitches. Like it tells you exactly what it is. Like my store, the horny stoner, it perfectly encompasses sex toys and tobacco products. Um, my clothing line, alien outfitters, it's attire for aliens, people who feel like they don't belong. So a brand name is really important to describe exactly what you do. And yes, Sludgepreneur did, but it just was not, it was so difficult for some people to grasp. And when I'm doing brand deals and when I'm, you know, working with people, like I want it to be easy to spell and easy to say. I feel like those are just two things that at when it happened, when it was birthed, it felt like it could be, but you get kind of tired of that. Now, the professional goddess is a name that I don't it came out of I don't even I can't even remember when or where it happened or if I was referred to it or if on, you know, it might have been my series on TikTok, the weird things I sell on the internet that I just started saying like, hello, I'm the professional goddess. Like I, I don't even, I could have been drunk when I said it, but it, it just, it was a natural name and thing. So on my platforms, that was like a name I used in my bio, like, hello, I'm the professional goddess, whatever. And all of a sudden it like hit me this year. Like, could that potentially be a shift, a name transition name for the podcast. And then I started like swirling on it in my brain at night. And that's when I have like the best ideas, like no phone in bed, just sitting there thinking about business. And I was like, wait, this could help get us verified. People can spell this. I feel like the name encompasses entrepreneurship and sexiness. But most importantly, like we are a business on the internet. And the shittiest thing about the internet to me is censorship. And the word slut being at the forefront of our brand, you know, now we have AI and they are just, you know, scanning that word and immediately not putting me in the algorithm. And not even only that, but to, you know, our listeners, our fans, our followers everywhere. So I was like, you know what? I think this is something we need to do. Um, last year, I'll say it, I'm going to say it, you guys. Last year, I was, um, I'm going to say allegedly for legal pur- purposes, but I was allegedly hit up with some legal papers from entrepreneur.com or was it entrepreneurship.com, one or the other. But my legal team had to go into like deposition. It got so expensive because they said that my name, the Sludgepreneur podcast, was too close to the entrepreneurship one and that listeners wouldn't be able to tell the difference. Like, please, please. So they wanted me to change my name and I didn't. I stood my ground, spent a lot of money, pages upon pages of reasonings, and we won the battle. So I could have taken the easy route and just changed my name then, but I I didn't even think about it at the time. So I just think it's pretty ironic, but I won, woohoo, allegedly. (laughs) So does that make sense? I think it makes so much sense to me. So I hope it does to you guys. I'm still going to use like the name, like obviously my first book, Slutrepreneur Secrets, has the name in it and it's so near and dear to my heart. So I feel like it's still our thing. Like it's 
like I can't wait to look back and be like, you know, the listeners who were around during the slutchpreneur days. Like I love that. And I want to kind of go back to I'll I'll share that story after that. Let's let's get back to you guys. This is about you. Oh, let me take a sip of water. So much talking, not enough breathing. Mm. So let's get into the pros, the positives of rebranding. It's a crucial strategy for any business. And in the adult industry, this is such a game changer. And this is the stuff to be excited about. So one, you get a fresh image. Rebranding allows you to shed an old, possibly outdated image and present yourself in a new and exciting way. The adaptability It helps your business adapt to changing cultural norms, which is particularly important in the ever-evolving, especially online adult industry, so allowing you to adapt to something different. You can introduce an expanded audience, so a rebrand can broaden your audience by making your brand more inclusive and appealing to a wider range of customers. Or perhaps, you know, you're trying to micro and have a niche audience. So you're appealing, you know, a smaller window of customers, but maybe they have deeper pockets because there's less of that type of entertainment on the internet, if that makes sense. Also a competitive edge. So in a highly competitive industry, rebranding can set you apart from the competition and keep you relevant. So those are some of the pros. So now let's take a little dip into the cons. The loss of brand equity. So rebranding can dilute or even erase the brand equity you've built over the years. This can be risky in the adult industry where trust and familiarity are crucial, but excuse me, at the end of the day, this is you. So if like you're trying to lose people and start fresh, like that could be a good thing. But that's why I like that professional goddess isn't like completely a new name because you guys are like familiar with the word. So sometimes like introducing the rebrand slowly can help keep that audience. The next one is reputation risk. And in this industry, reputation is everything. A poorly executed rebrand can damage your reputation, especially if it's seen as insincere or exploitative. Did I say that right? Exploitive, exploitative. So Maybe Googling your name, your industry name right now brings up a lot of bad stuff. So the rebrand could be good in that way. But, you know, maybe Googling a new name doesn't bring up a lot of credibility. So something to think about. And sorry, guys. The next one is legal issues. Rebranding can lead to legal complications such as trademark disputes or regulatory hurdles that are often stricter in the adult industry. So we'll get into some more information about redirecting um, your sites and some more specifics if you're wanting to go deeper in this episode. But before you do anything, bitch, you make sure that the name is available and that it's not taken and someone's not going to come after you and then you have to backstep and then you're just so stressed. I don't want you stressed. I do not. And I'm... Currently, I kind of was waiting to tell you guys about the rebrand because I wanted the Instagram handle first because 
whoever has the professional goddess account right now is a dead account and I'm having some trouble with Instagram right now and the person that can help me quoted me a very large number that I cannot afford right now. So I'm just weighing out my options. And last but not least is customer confusion. One of the most important. Your loyal customers may find it challenging to adapt to your new image, leading to confusion and potential loss of business. So I want to bring into the mix my e-commerce history Y'all won't believe this, and you can Google these brand names. You know, I have been selling and flipping clothes, creating my own fashion designs since 2010, 2011. My first store name was called Moonshine Apparel, and it was like a celestial, like galaxy-inspired brand, but everyone on Etsy thought, excuse me, not Etsy, everyone in the norm life thought Moonshine Apparel had to do with alcohol. So after getting so frustrated with that, I rebranded. And when I did rebrand, it was probably like within two or three years that I did. Um, We rebranded to the Moon Cult. And this was because with every Moonshine Apparel order, I was sending out postcards that said, Welcome to the Moon Cult. It was like a subgroup within the fashion company that was like our little community. So I slid and transitioned well because my customers already knew that they were part of the moon cult and there wasn't any customer confusion. But for the next like chapter of that brand, the moon cult was something that again, people had trouble saying and spelling over the phone for some stupid reason. And people thought we were an actual cult when it was really like fashion around like the moon and the stars. And it was... It it just taught me a lot. Spring is in the air, lovelies, and with it comes a fresh wave of energy, blossoming flowers, and endless possibilities. But you know what puts an extra skip in my step? My fabulous partners at Viahemp. Trusted by a whopping 250,000 plus goddesses just like you, Viahemp's products are just like a magical wellness wand in a bottle. Feeling a bit frazzled after a hectic day? Cue the Via gummies for instant relaxation. Battling stress and anxiety? Don't worry, there's a gummy for that too. And for those intimate moments, Via has concocted something truly special. High Love Gummies, infused with pleasure-boosting cannabinoids, libido-reviving herbs, and just the right touch of THC, these gummies are your ticket to an electrifying experience between the sheets. But wait, there's more. Via offers an array of other gummies, with or without THC, catering to every goddess's needs. Whether you prefer a subtle 2mg dose or a bolder 50mg kick, Via has your back. From improving sleep to sharpening focus or aiding in recovery, there's a gummy for every occasion. And the cherry on top? You can easily browse and shop their collection online, categorized by strength and effect. And here's the best part, darling. Via ships discreetly to all 50 states, right to your doorstep. No medical card needed. So go ahead, indulge in a little self-care spree with Via Hemp because you deserve nothing but the best goddess. Head over to viahemp.com and use code goddess to receive 15% off and one free sample of their award-winning gummies 21 and up only that's viahemp v-i-i-a-h-e-m-p.com and use code goddess at checkout 
please support our show and tell them we sent you. Take your passion and pleasure to a whole new level with high love from Via Hemp. Now back to the show. And then I rebranded again to Alien Outfitters because I widened my range of designs and that's what stuck and that's what was so cool about uh, my fashion line at the time. And then I started doing more like sexual graphics. Like if you look up Alien Outfitters, you'll see like the original Yes Daddy tee was by us. It was featured in Nylon Magazine. We had so much recognition for our designs, like our going to daddy's house duffel bag. And then all of my designs got ripped on AliExpress. And over the years, they were on Wish and everywhere. And I felt like our brand just got diluted because we had so many copycats. And I started selling accessories at alienoutfitters.com. I put up like a few fun knives. That's when I started putting a few like grinders and ashtrays. Like it was just a fun like one-stop stripper shop. You could literally get like lingerie. I was wholesaling with like really cool brands. Like Dolls Kill had reached out to me. I was working with Why Are You Shoes. Oh my God. It was such a time. We were like at such a peak. There was no algorithm on Instagram. So we just skyrocketed on raw organic traffic, like never paid for advertising. We worked contests. It was so much fun. And so then the knives on my website and the sex toys and the tobacco products, they were selling more than the clothing was. And it was just a wild, absurd website. It kind of had like Spencer's vibes, but more of like a festival girly swing to it. So anyways, that's when I moved to the beach, started working from a bigger space, and I had like this whole conniption pre-COVID to literally split one store into three stores. Like I had no idea how much work I was signing up for. So all of a sudden I had Alien Outfitters, Blades for Babes, and The Horny Stoner, and they all thrived individually. But I had to do the same thing every day three times. I had to check emails for each store from different accounts. I had to send out email marketing from different accounts. I had to post three times a day from three different Instagram accounts. And not only this, but I'm doing sex work at the same time. I'm creating my alias on TikTok at the time, like Rebecca Blue was being born, writing a book, getting into Amazon affiliates, trying to run a dog rescue, trying to have a personal life, trying to get fucked. Like a girl's been busy. I feel 40 years old. (laughs) I am so tired. But I have, like, I am the queen of the rebrand, and my loyal fucking bad bitches have been around to see all of it, and it's made sense. So I want to talk about some of the best practices for rebranding that I've learned in the square world and in the adult industry, and I want to ensure your success as always. So it's essential to follow some of these practices. Transparency literally what I'm doing right now. Be transparent with the audience about what you're rebranding and changes to expect. Honestly, is the honesty is the best fucking policy. I love an honest, accountable queen. Make a YouTube video, make a TikTok, have people ask questions, create content about the rebrand, get engagement, like do it to it. Transparency. Next is inclusivity. Aim for an inclusive and respectful rebrand that respects the diverse needs and desires of your audience. 
And that's something I've thought about a lot for my brand. I I love that we are a brand for the girlies, but there's a lot of gays and trans and men that listen to the podcast too. And yes, it might be a smaller pool of an audience, but I want them to feel just as included and welcomed, even though I specifically feel that, you know, there is a need for, for women specifically because there's tons of resources, you know, for men, but if you think about it in the adult industry, we're all in this together. There's just not a lot of resources for any of us. And it's crazy because when guys reach out to me, I'm like, you actually have a better chance because your pond isn't as full of fishes in your like gender side of the sex industry. So all in all, this podcast is simply for everyone. And I love that from the beginning, the word slut has encompassed everybody always and always will. But I encourage that for you as well. If you are doing something more specific and your intuition says keep it specific and exclude people, like that's on you. That's your decision. Whatever you think is best for your brand. And if someone's telling you like you should do it this way, like do it your way first. Like you will learn a way more valuable lesson, like prove them wrong if it works or learn the lesson that it doesn't work and then change and expand, like be fluid. Next is legal consultations. Take some water. Seek legal advice to navigate the complex regulations and compliance issues associated with the adult industry. (coughs) That way, if there's an adult entertainer that already has the name, maybe reach out to them. Maybe they don't have it trademarked, but ooh, perfect example. Are any of you guys like beauty guru drama fiends like myself? Oh, it's my guilty pleasure. Jaclyn Hill is the perfect example of what not to fucking do. She cre- she's a, a makeup influencer and you know she did Jaclyn Hill cosmetics, all the things. She blew up with Morphe, became a millionaire. Um but she went through a divorce and she kind of just totally went downhill. She started all these different brands that weren't makeup and one of them was called Cozy, K O Z E. And there was a girl, I think her name's Caitlin in Canada, allegedly. I think I, I don't want I don't know if all my specifics are correct. But this lovely entrepreneur had a whole entire cozy brand. And Miss Jacqueline said, Well, if it wasn't trademarked, then I'm just gonna take it and trademark it and tell her to stop. And this is like a small creator. Like this, you know, big creator comes in, Miss Jacqueline, and like just takes her shit and every like the whole community app, you know, Jacqueline had lipstick gate, which was just awful. She sent out fuzzy lipsticks and claimed they weren't fuzzy. And it, oh, if you go on YouTube, you can just spiral into that drama. It's so much fun. <laughs> oh, but anyways, she just was so mean about it. Like she tried to be honest and it was just so sarcastic. I mean, I think she's a narcissist. And then she finally announced she's closing her brands, doesn't even acknowledge Caitlyn's name. I hope her name's Caitlyn. And it was just so bad. And like, had she just been transparent and everyone in the comments was like, bitch, if you had just been so honest, we'd stick with you. Cause I used to be a fan too. And uh, like, 
whoever consulted Jacqueline legally just totally screwed her over. Like she just has yes men all around her, but she could have given, you know, Caitlin her platform back. Caitlin lost probably tons of her livelihood from it. Who knows? But it was just so bad. And Jacqueline was like, I reached out to her. Like she never showed receipts. Never. So, and that's exactly what I did when I found that there was a professional goddess Instagram account. I like reached out to them. Like I did all my due diligence, but it's clearly a dead account. But I was like, there's no way I'm going to, you know, take away from someone who has spent time and money towards something. So do your research. If you feel the need to have legal counsel, do it too. But you can find a lot on the internet just by Googling the name and asking permission from someone previously who might have used it. And I always encourage you to find something no one's used, but now we're in the day of, day and age where, you know, our internet footprint has been around for so long. It's like almost nothing's available or unique anymore. So anyways, uh, Jacqueline Hill, do better, you guys. She And she, like, it's just so bad. Like, she, now all she does now is Amazon stuff. And trust me, I love an Amazon affiliate influencer. Get your bag, sis. But disclose that you're getting paid. It's the rules. It's the FTC rules. You're going to ruin it for all of us if you can't fucking disclose you're making money off of our backs. Like, get a grip, girl. Get a grip. Uh. And last but not least, gradual transition. And side note, I'm just so mad about Jacqueline because I truly loved and supported her. Like, she was near and dear to my heart and felt like I went through life with her as she grew. And then now seeing how her patterns now, I just, I feel so used and I hate it. And I would never, ever want my audience to feel how she made me feel. And I've learned everything what not to do by following her tragic, unfortunate downfall. So I hope she gets it together because she has no, shown no sign of getting it together allegedly all allegedly i love that word he anyways gradual transition consider a gradual transition to allow your existing customers to adapt and build awareness of your product so that's what we're doing right now bitch gradual transition and hey if you have a business maybe like create some discount codes for the rebrand like make it a party do a do a live stream to celebrate the rebrand these are all things and content you can do for that rebrand. All right. So I want to dive into just a few more things on how to efficiently change your brand or alias. And when it comes to the new name that fits your new brand, I just want you to really make sure it goes well with your type of content. Okay. For example, if you're currently doing submissive content and you want to now strictly do femdom, like the complete opposite and change from a vanilla type user to something a little more like dark and edgy, then, you know, you can simply change your name, you know, from Miss Jessica to Goddess Jess. Like it can be a simple rebrand with the name, like just a switch of words, shortening up something, adding something. So maybe you're not trying to completely change everything, but you just want to change something a little bit. Now, I'm sure there's a ton of goddess Jess on if you Google it. So just know that 
if people are trying to find you, they might find someone else. You know what I'm saying? Because you're not ranking because your name isn't that unique. So I I like something unique, but something you can spell. Like you never want to be like it's, oh my God, I just gave myself advice that I haven't taken. I was about to say like, what if your name's Rebecca, but you always have to say it's with two Ks. It's literally me. I did that to myself. So it is what it is. But this is my touche because Rebecca Blue with two C's is already someone else. So that's why I did two K's. But I had to commit to saying it's Rebecca Blue, but with two K's. You know what I'm saying? You have to pick and choose your battles very carefully. Moving on. You know, all right. God, I hate myself. Next is setting up the redirect links from your old domain to your new domain New domain, if you have a website. This is one of the most important things and one of the easiest things. It's overwhelming at first, but I promise just listen. I personally use Shopify for all my stores. <clears throat> so if you're going to – you guys hear Disco chewing her bone in the background. She's so sweet. You're just going to have to deal with it. Um, so these steps – kind of vary depending on what kind of website you use. So this is for Shopify. And if you are, I'm trying to give you an example. Let's do slutchpreneur.com is changing to professionalgoddess.com, right? Well, I bought both .com names at godaddy.com. So I already own the .com names. Now in my Shopify admin, you can go to settings, you go to apps and sales channels, And from the apps and sales channels page, click your online store. Once you're on your online store, go to navigation, click URL directs, and create a new URL direct. So you are directing anyone who types in sludgepreneur.com. It will just go right to professionalgoddess.com. At the end of the day, it's the same website under Shopify, but this is a .com redirect so that... um, And even like, it's just an automatic thing. This is something you can do uh, via Google domains or various other website builders like GoDaddy or Squarespace. I highly recommend you just go to their help center and type in URL redirect or do a live chat with them, give them a phone call. Shopify used to not have this feature. So I used to do it through GoDaddy because that's where I got the .com. So you just go to your domain, you go to settings and um, it might be under DNS settings, but I think now that they have it very visible, the, the URL redirect. Next is to set up auto replies in your emails or your direct messages or your Twitter uh, X messages, Facebook messages to encourage people to go to the new brand. So most common email is generally Gmail. So I'll just give you the way to do that over there. But there are tons of other email sites you can use, and there's probably a way you can set this up over there as well. So um, I will link this in the episode description. Uh, it's right in the box.com slash blog slash how to create an auto reply in Gmail. So access Gmail settings by clicking on the gear icon in the top right corner, select settings from the drop down menu. Go search for the advanced tab and you'll find the option to enable canned responses. And once enabled, you can use this feature to create and store pre-written responses for later use. So this is great, uh, especially 
when I'm talking and not breathing a lot, I tend to yawn. I'm not bored. I swear this is like the most exciting part of my day. (laughs) So doing this is so important, especially if you have a brand store. You know, it could be in your thank you for your order message like FYI, bitches, we have our name change party on October 31st. Come join us on live. We're doing a, a discount and a sale or like what I did with Moonshine Apparel and the Moon Cult. I had business cards, postcards with slowly introducing the name and incorporating it in a way to build brand recognition for when we did do the official transition. And number, uh, excuse me, the next one is file a username request on Instagram if you own the trademark to your brand. This is going to be the easiest way to take the username especially if it's a dead username, if it's a deleted one. So first attempt to change your username to the one you desire. And if it says it's taken and and it doesn't belong to someone who already trademarked the name, then you can go through the process of trademarking the username on your own. Getting a trademark in general does take some time. You can do it through LegalZoom.com or your lawyer. Trademark it. Um, I mean, you can try to get it without a trademark, but you have to prove to Instagram all the brand recognition about you. And if you're a spicy creator, that's going to be hella difficult. And if the username does belong to someone else, try messaging them first, seeing if they're willing to change it. Maybe you can pay them for it. I would do like a safe transaction through PayPal. That way, if they don't do it, you can open a dispute. Uh, But if they aren't, which most of the time they aren't, especially if it's a dead account, I will link the trademark form. It's very easy to enter your information. I was so shocked that uh, I got the horny stoner username. It was like, it wasn't even a dead account. It just wasn't, it just said it wasn't available to take. So I had horny stoner trademarked. And at the time, the horny stoner was an account that got deleted and banned because they said we were doing suspicious activity and never gave us any reason. They just deleted our account with over like a quarter of a million followers. So I did the trademark thing and they said, sorry, this Instagram name is too generic. Like the word Apple I was like, are you kidding me? Horny stoner is not a generic word. And then I had my legal team send it at a very high price and it worked. So I tried to do this on my own with professional goddess and they're doing the same thing. Like, sorry, professional goddess is just too generic of a name like Apple, you know, but I'm like, bitch, I have the trademark. Like it's not generic. If it was generic, I wouldn't have the trademark. (laughs) So yeah, but just keep your expectations low, but try the trademark form. You never know which weirdo at meta you're going to come across. Uh, but they typically like to make things very hard for you and have no customer service. Next is to make sure next and last is to make sure everything is changed to your new alias or brand name. I mean, every single thing, make it as cohesive as possible by using the same name for all of them. And this is pretty self-explanatory. Just make sure everything's changed. Maybe create a new email address, do the domain, do the usernames, your branded things that you send in the mail, like postcards, business cards, your tags, go through your whole website, every single section of every settings and make sure like, so at the bottom of the website, it says trademark or copyright, excuse me, copyright, brand name, um, all your social medias, everything, do it to it. Even if it's a social media you don't use, just get the username. That way no one's like faking to be you. 
You know what I'm saying? You just don't want to confuse the audience. So let's go to our conclusion, bitches, because I'm about to run out of goddamn air. (laughs) But rebranding in the e-commerce industry and the adult industry as in any other comes with both pros and cons that we discussed today. And while it can provide opportunities for growth and adaptation, adaptation, wow, words are hard. It can also, let's just take, let's hold on, breathe, bitch. Take two, you guys. (laughs) Mm -mm. As I was saying, while rebranding can provide an opportunity for growth and adaptation, it can also pose risks to your brand's reputation and equity. And as entrepreneurs, it's essential to weigh these factors carefully and take the necessary steps to ensure a successful rebrand, a successful rebrand that aligns with your business goals. So thanks for tuning in today, guys, to the Professional Goddess Podcast. And if you found this discussion valuable, please subscribe, leave a review, share with your fellow entrepreneurs who might just benefit from this insight. And we'll be back with some more intriguing topics next week in the world of business and slut cess. And until next time, keep innovating and stay open to new possibilities. You bad little bitches. (laughs) Bye, guys. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Slutchpreneur Podcast. If you want to keep the show going and growing, make sure to leave a five-star review. Shop my merch and eBooks at professionalgoddess.com. Make sure to use code SLUT at checkout for a little surprise. My book, Slutchpreneur Secrets, is now available on Amazon. Have a question, episode request, or want to be a guest on the show? Email my team via management at professionalgoddess.com. And lastly, if you want to get all up inside me, subscribe to my premium content on OnlyFans at professionalslut.com. All these links and other socials will be in the show notes of the episode. But most importantly, thank you for subscribing to the show and I will talk to you next week. Bye, sluts.